Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. So just before starting to record um, this episode uh, intro, I just like doused myself with some perfume. Definitely didn't douse. I put a couple spritzes on. Um, I'm like looking at myself on camera right now because of course we share these episodes now on YouTube and like Spotify has video and like, girl, I'm getting more comfortable on video. But like, what the hell does it have to do with perfume? It's a really good question. What the hell does that have to do with perfume? I don't know. Does anyone else like have other senses that just like make you feel more confident or make you feel, I don't know, make you feel good? So I just spritzed myself with some perfume and I'm like ready to go. Anyways, we had a housewarming party slash birthday party for Paul. And so we had 13 people over the new house, which is the most we've had probably ever nonetheless at the new house and like hosting is freaking hard that's a whole other story but what came up in conversation at the uh, at our get together was that the right daylight savings time the right savings time whatever the hell it is is the is the one that I like the one that I like is the one that's happening She's like, what are you talking about I'm like rambling basically I was like oh it's so beautiful my god it gets dark at like eight o'clock an hour later and it's not even summer it's like mid-may and um my sister-in-law was like yeah isn't that nice that it's gonna be like that forever and it won't change and I was like that's the right one one y'all I I'm just excited about that and I just wanted to share this is like two three months late It's, it's okay it's happening um, anyways, this week, uh, you are legitimately in for such a treat. Um, number one, I apologize for last week. I know the audio quality sucked the big one. Um, transparently, I'm in the process of getting a new podcast editor and things have been like a little wonky over here in terms of the podcast. So really apologetic. I genuinely do appreciate um, a couple of you that reached out. And we're like, you know, hey, love the podcast. I just want to let you know the audio was like a little wonky last week. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. I did know about it. But anyways, I felt like there was this idea of like, oh, God, like, are you going to appreciate that I'm telling you this? Or are you going to think it's obnoxious? I was like, no, like, there's anything ever wrong with the website, the podcast, like the Facebook group, the Slack, whatever, please tell me, please tell me if I have like a booger on my face, don't let me walk around with a booger on my face for the whole day. A friend would not let you walk around with a booger on your face or your website out of whack. I'm just saying. Um, anyways, so thank you to those couple people that reached out. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, I already knew that the, the audio was out of whack. So apologies for that. So this week's episode this is Sel Watts, you guys. Sel Watts has actually been on the podcast before. Um, I always love having new guests, but if the guests we have on are that good, I just look for an excuse to bring them back on. She is uh, my personal business coach. Um, so if 
there's any endorsement. And when that's like legit and, and really good, I'm going to be that person to her. I cannot emphasize enough how much she has influenced me in the most incredible ways. She, I just found out actually last weekend, I had a WIM member over my house. Um, so nice having people over the new house and she's visiting from California. I was like, yeah, girl, come out to Brooklyn. And anyways, and she mentioned, she's like, blah, 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 like how's business. And oh my gosh, by the way, like Sal was incredible. Did I ever tell you how incredible Sal was? He had wonderful things to say as well. It was really cool. When I find people that are great to work with, I will recommend them to everybody. So like, what does Cell do? Like, what has she actually helped me with? Because in the episode, we talk a lot about how to think differently about your business, knowing where to focus, mother guilt, um, you know, like different phases of your business, how to scale your business, if you should scale your business. I mean, these are all things that she's worked with me personally on, but damn, man, she is so good in like the big picture parts of your business, but also in getting incredibly granular and specific about what to do. Um, also having so much perspective from just working firsthand in her own business. And then of course, coaching and working with so many other types of businesses. Um, she's so articulate. She's so direct. I feel so connected to her. And she just gives me the, the perfect amount of a kick in the ass. <laughs> it's the perfect amount that it doesn't really feel like they kick in the ass. Or maybe I just like a kick in the ass. I, I kind of like a kick in the ass, if I'm being honest. Like, I'm like, no, tell me what's wrong. Like, tell me what I need to do. I, I love self-discovery, um, self-improvement, growth, all of those things I genuinely enjoy. <laughs> So Cell is my, my woman. Um, again, if you have not subscribed to the show, the podcast, please do. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, like anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, if you haven't checked out WIM, the membership yet, please do. Um, you'll thank yourself later. It's really the membership that you wish you knew about sooner. So if you enjoy this conversation, um, we infuse a bit about you know women in business and what it is to be a founder, a CEO, an employee who wants to grow. We also, of course, talk all about influencer marketing. So um, just check it out. It's IamWim.com. We've got everything in the show notes of this episode, more information. I'm excited for you to learn about Cell and um, let's get into it. I just have to express gratitude, I think, before we even start. So Sal's going to introduce herself in a minute, um, but I think that it would be beneficial for people to just hear like the experience that I've had knowing Cell. Um, so Cell was like instrumental um, in a huge professional shift in my life. And she simply did that by like, I felt like like giving me the tools that I needed to be 
better in business. And like, she just supported me so much and still does and continues to, to this day. Um, you're like someone that I hugely respect, admire. Um, and I'm just excited to like share you with everybody today and have everyone sort of hear, um, more about you and, um, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff today. So first, I wanted to just thank you and welcome you today. How are you? Thank you, Jesse. Well, I am I am so grateful to have been able to work with you for like, I don't know, it's been three, three years now, maybe. Yeah. And um, oh, so privileged. I just you have inspired me so and and to be invited to come on to uh your podcast is like very humbling so i um i greatly appreciate it i'm excited to have you here again because you were on a while back but um i've been like since we are now having our members tune in ask questions i've been a little bit more i don't know i'm like all right like who would I want to invite now that we're doing this format so that our members can like specifically ask questions and and who can our members learn best from? And you were definitely one of the top people that I thought of. So I appreciate you taking me up on my offer. Before we like get into, I've got so many questions and just like the conversation that we're going to have, I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit about like your, um, I don't know, your, your, the why you do what you do, your identity as a professional, but also a little bit about like who you are during your off hours. Sure. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just give you a bit of background or, or context. Um, as you would be able to tell, I'm Australian, um, but living in uh, New York City now. So I, um, I sort of started my got into entrepreneurship um, relatively late, if you like. I started my first business when I was 30 and I had um, a three-month-old son and um, I just really wanted to do something um, that I could make an impact and um, that felt limitless. Like I didn't have someone telling me um, how I could progress in my career, um, what I could do, how creative I could be. So I started a, a business uh, in human resource consulting. And the reason I did that was because I had worked in uh, recruitment and HR, not for very long, really, in hindsight. Um, and I really didn't like the industry. I felt that uh, uh, it wasn't dynamic, um, particularly the HR industry. Recruitment's very dynamic. But I felt that the industry wasn't dynamic, it wasn't commercial, um, the HR people weren't really enabled to be innovative and uh, do things differently, and I really wanted to disrupt the industry. Um, and what's interesting is when I started, as I said, I didn't have a lot of experience in HR, a few years. Um, I also didn't have any qualifications. I dropped out of uh, university three times. Um, I was trying desperately to, you know, follow the traditional educational path and it just wasn't for me. And I eventually went, you know what, I have a different way of learning and I need to do what is aligned to me as opposed to what we should do. Um, and so when I started the business, I really didn't have much going for me, if you like. I, you know, I was a bit older. I had never been in business. My parents had never been in business. I didn't have any qualifications. I had a three-month-old son and I just relocated to another state in Australia and I had no money. So um, 
I think it was a really interesting experience for me that I sort of call upon now when I'm, you know, coaching and mentoring people because um, if, I'd, if I'd sort of gone to a business coach and said, okay, this is my plan, um, I don't think there would have been anyone that would have supported me and said, yes, you should do this because I really didn't have anything going for me other than what I now consider to be um, incredibly valuable back then, which was naivety. I just had no... Um, understanding at that point of what I didn't have. Um, it wasn't until later, about five years in, when people would ask me to talk about my journey that I realised that I didn't really have anything going for me when I started. But um, the naivety really helped me and I just got started. And then I went on to um, build my business in Australia. It's now 15 years old. And um, and uh, throughout that journey, I, I joined many entrepreneurial groups um, enormous amount of coaching, mentoring, personal development, and have since then um, started other businesses. And then, um, well, I, I made a big move to New York City a couple of years ago, which is a, a story in itself. Um, but yeah, so now I'm I'm here and my sort of my whole uh, approach to life is my life mantra, which is no plan B and really chasing dreams and never settling um, and really knowing that you have one life and it's your life, no one else's, and that you should um, should do what you want to do. So it's sort of a bit of a background and overview of um, sort of my uh, drivers, I guess. I mean, I I think it's so awesome to hear your story and it's not so, like you're not somebody who things were just handed to you. You're not one of those people who necessarily were like set up for success Yet here you are, and in addition to the personal and professional success that you've had, you're like paying it forward by supporting so many other people, which I think is just like an incredible quality to have. Um, you spoke just, you teased us <laughs> with this like no plan B. Um, I, that resonates so much with me and it's definitely, I mean, I hear you talk about it all the time, how important it is to you. And I just want more of our listeners to like fully understand even what that means to you mm -hmm. and like how you infuse that into everything. Yeah. So as I said, no plan B is my life mantra. I have it tattooed on my wrist and I, I utilize it um, all, all the time. So uh, you may have heard the uh, Anthony Robbins quote, if you want to take over the island, you have to be prepared to burn the boats. And ultimately what that means is um, if you really want something that you need to get rid of the safety nets. And I believe that as human beings, it's natural for us to um, rely on our safety nets or, or take the easier option or, or the plan B if something's not working. It's just it's just sort of human nature. Um, but I think about, I've always thought about things like if you were, if you, this is a bit of a random example or analogy, but uh, if you were sort of abseiling off the side of a cliff and you didn't have any ropes, um, if, if you were holding on with your hands and it was really, really challenging, if you had ropes, you would let go and give in a lot sooner than you would if you didn't have the ropes. And I believe that this is sort of um, aligns to most of us where we have got so much more potential than what we realise. And there's so much more in us and we could take ourselves so much further, um, but we don't. And I, that's why we have personal trainers. I have a personal trainer because I know that I will not push myself to the extent that they will. Um, so my view is that 
I believe that we should really aim to uh, not only try to reach our potential, um, but also to truly strive for our dreams and and not let um, challenges and people saying no or people judging you or all of the things that can come in the way of us pursuing what we want to do, that we should really keep going and, and consider our personal goals and dreams and the life we want to live as a, as a plan A, and there is only a plan A. And this doesn't mean that I haven't changed course or I haven't even changed my mind, that there is no problem with um, having got something and realising it's not for you and changing your mind. But my no plan B is that I will pursue or live my life um, committed to doing what I want to do and trying to uh, achieve my potential as much as I possibly can. And there have been so many situations in my life where I've been pursuing dreams where I've had so much criticism and people telling me I shouldn't and I couldn't um, over and over again, right up to, you know, today. And my no plan B has really helped me shut out the noise and not listen to what other people have to say. And I'm a big believer in mentors and coaches. I've had them my whole life. So it's not that I don't listen to people, but I make sure who I choose to listen to um, are the right people. But when there are doubters, it's very easy to listen to that. If there's someone telling you, you know, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that, uh, it's very easy to listen to that. And my no plan B is, no, 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 put that aside. What do I want my life to be? Because too many of us are living a life that we don't really want, that we're doing because we think we should. We think we should for our kids or or our parents or what the neighbours will think when really we want to be doing something different. And I think the world would be a lot better place if people were doing what they actually really wanted really wanted to do. And um, and so just to tie this up, I, um, I have three sons now and I thought about if I could only teach them or give them one bit of advice in their whole life, if I only had the chance to give one bit of advice, what would that actually be? And so I spent a lot of time thinking about this and I um, decided that the bit of advice that I'd want to give them is to chase your dreams. No matter how unlikely it might be, no matter what anyone says, if you've got a dream, chase it. And it doesn't matter if you don't necessarily achieve it, but the journey and the adventure in chasing your dreams will be well worth it. And so when I thought about that, I thought, you know what, if that's the advice I'd give to my kids, then that's the advice I need to give to myself. And also... I don't want to be someone who tells my children to go and live a life that I was too afraid to do. So if that's what I want them to do, I need to show them that. And so now I live my life like I'm giving my kids a, a front row seat in dream chasing and living a no plan B life and, and making sure that I live the life that I want to live and to the best of my ability. It's a really noble, but exciting and fulfilling way to to approach life um exciting fulfilling like those are the words I think that come to mind the most and I love that you also um you like bring it back to your kids because we have I mean we're a women's focused organization right and so many women struggle with but if I really go after everything that I want how could I possibly do that with kids how could I possibly do that with a kid nonetheless kids and you have three of your own um and like you mentioned like 
you know, originally Australian, moved to New York, like, you know, it seems as if like you are really truly living a life that you want one necessarily that I, I'm sure there are people I can imagine there are people who have said like, you shouldn't you you like all the things. And um, I guess my question for you in that is, what would you tell anyone listening right now who is even just trying to start at the beginning where it's like, how do I really even truly identify what my best and fullest life looks like? Like, where would you tell them to start to figure that out? Yeah, yeah. So firstly, I will say I have endured so much criticism over the years, enormous amounts from when I started the business and as I was growing it and having the children, um, I started sort of expanding the business across Australia. So I was always traveling and I, I would have people saying to me all the time, you know, what about your kids? Um, and I remember having a, um, I have a mentor who um, similar age to me and he had three kids and he was expanding his business, which was a million times bigger than mine. And he had locations all over the place and he was traveling every week. And I said to him, like, what do you say to people when they say to you, you know, what about your kids when you're traveling? And he said, what do you mean? I, I said, you know, when they say like, you know, you're away from your kids, like, what about them? Are you thinking about them? He said, I've never, ever been asked that. And I said, I get asked that three to four times a week. As a woman, um, me pursuing my dreams um, was seen to be and is seen to be, you know, selfish and that I'm not being a good mother and I'm not... Um, fulfilling my responsibilities um, and even when I moved the children to New York and um, they got here six weeks before COVID hit and so um, you know we were here throughout that time and and everyone was writing to me saying you're really selfish you need to come home it's dangerous you shouldn't be doing this um, and it's funny because all of these criticisms have actually been um, you know, the things that have really, I believe, have made me a really great mum and um, things that the boys look up to me for and they often tell me that I inspire them and and is because I am showing them um, how to live as opposed to telling them how they should live because I I was too afraid to live or I was too afraid to do what I want to do so I want I need my kids to do it so at least then I'll feel like I'm accomplished. Um, so the when um, when you are comfortable with the choices you're making because they're for you, that criticism doesn't get in very much. And I notice that when it does hit me, when it does hurt, it's because I personally am feeling misaligned with my values. Um, it's not actually what they're saying. It, it just highlights to me that, oh, there's something I'm doing right now that I obviously don't feel that good about. But otherwise, it doesn't bother me because I'm very comfortable that I'm making the choices that are right for me and my family. In relation to um, people who are um, wanting to make a change, and that could be anything from you want to like relocate, you want to get out of a marriage, you want to change your career, you want to have kids, you want to have another child. All of these things are big decisions and, um, and trying to work out, you know, what what matters to me and what life do I want to live? I think there's a couple of things to think of. Firstly, what I just said about asking yourself, what advice would you give your children? Because when you ask yourself, what would I tell my kids to do? Um, 
then that tells you what you believe is the best life or the best decision. And I often have thought about as I've got older, if my son came to me when I was when he was 40 and he said to me these things that I'm going through, what would I say to him? And how would I feel or what would I want him to do? And if that's what I advice I'd give to them, then that's the right advice for me. So I utilize that to really work out what I think what is important. Um, and the other thing is, is that people are very afraid to try things because they're worried about failing. And I've never resonated with the word failure because my view is that our life is an adventure of just working out who we are and having a go at things and just trying something and seeing where it takes you is really critical. It doesn't matter if you don't have it all worked out and it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out or you do something and it doesn't work or it, it's, it doesn't interest you, that's fine. Change your path, take the learning, take the information. But if you don't do anything, you're never going to know. So I think there's this fear that holds us back. And it's partly because we worry about what other people think, which is totally fair and true. But I think it's partly that we don't back ourselves and we need to back ourselves more. We need to believe that we can get through tough times and that we can pivot if we need to and we can pick ourselves up again if we fail. We need to truly believe in ourselves and back yourself over anybody else. And I think that really helps with making that step to finding out what you want or who you are or fulfilling who you know you are, but perhaps you're not living that way. Mm, I appreciate that so much. Um, I can only imagine, I like, and we hear this conversation fairly often in the group. Um, even we had an event even a couple nights ago um, from when we're recording this uh, as a job fair. And we had over a hundred people come um, about 15 incredible companies uh, come on stage and just share. We were trying to humanize the job board. And so uh, each of the hiring companies came up on stage and like shared about what you can't like glean from a job listing, like, you know, really like, why do you work there? Like, what do you really love about the company? Like, why should someone really want to work with you? Um, and I bring that up because we had to start the event fairly late um, to make sure that like, if somebody's looking for a new role, they're like completely off the clock and we're accounting for different time zones. So the event started um, at 7 p.m. Eastern and ran through about nine. And we had, you know, breakout sessions and all this stuff. But like, as the evening went on, some people had to drop because they had kids. And, you know, I, and there was, I don't know, I, I felt something shift a little bit. And, you know, given the fact that like influencer marketing and so many other industries are just like incredibly time intensive. You're working round the clock, different time zones. Like you feel like you're working 24 seven, trying to balance a million things plus having kids, plus like all the obligations that you just have, sometimes the advice that you get from others, like it can feel like from a loving place, you know, some of the people it is genuinely from a loving place. So I guess my question is like, how do you know what, like, how do you sift through what to take in and what to leave in terms of the advice and, and the, you know, the generosity that people are just thrown at you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, like it, it is an absolute juggle. And I think it's so important to decide on your own, in your own space, what, 
who you, what being a mother means to you. What do you think is really important? Not what everyone else thinks, um, not what the other mums are doing, but what matters to you based on your life and your experiences. So, for example, I know like I have a, um, like everyone, a very busy life. You know, I'm um, a single mother with three sons. I've come to this to New York to, to expand my businesses and, you know, it, it's it's a lot. And I know based on sort of my childhood, so I, I had a really difficult unsafe childhood and which wasn't um you know wasn't positive at all and I look at my kids and I think well you know (laughs) they're so privileged and they probably need a bit of adversity um so that the world's not so tough for them when they when they get older but to me because I had an unsafe childhood and unhappy childhood the fact that my boys are um loved fed, clothed, you know, have a, have a good life, you know, they're fine. They, they don't need me to be baking cupcakes for their birthday at school. Like mums love to do that. I'm terrible at that. I'm not domestic at all. I've never done that. Um, they know that if they really need something, I'll, I'll go and buy something for them to take. But I just, there are certain things I just don't do because in the scheme of my life, I have classified what's really important and quality time is more important than quantity Um, and certain things are just not worth my time as opposed to um, other things that I want to do for them or do for our family. Now, this is, and I I actually had someone um, meet me in the, come into the elevator with me when I was going to school taking um, my youngest he's nine to school and it was his birthday and um, she said oh are you taking cupcakes and I was like to be honest I didn't even I had not even thought about it and I was like oh gosh no I like I you know choose your battles like with you know three sons and doing everything I'm doing like and the thing is is that if my son that was really important to him obviously that would be important but it didn't matter to him and I think a lot of the times that mums are doing things because um of what it shows to other mums and I just I have I set my rules a long time ago around what matters and and obviously that changes as the boys are getting older my eldest is about to turn 15 so you know his his needs of me are changing too so I just think it's so important to spend time on your own with a journal and write down like what matters to you. And I think how you were how you were brought up will help with that. Whether you had a really great childhood, what was it? What was it that your parents did that really has made a difference to you? Or what was missing that you now realize is really valuable? And write your own rule book. It is your life. And once you know that you're doing things that are aligned to you and your values and your family, because nobody knows what's best for your family other than you, um, then the noise and the comparison will fall will fall away. You won't be um, impacted by people saying, oh, you didn't bake the cake or, oh, you didn't put on a big birthday party or you won't, that won't, it, it will be, it'll just slide off you because you know that, Um, you're working in alignment to what's right for you and your family. So spend some time working that out, I would say. And so let's say you have subscribed. There's no plan B, like sell Watts is preaching the gospel. I'm like, I'm excited. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm on board. I'm subscribed. And this is, this is my journey. 
I'm so curious, like you work with all these incredible business people, entrepreneurs, and so much of our group is either they're entrepreneurs themselves or they're like, I really want to leave this company, go out on my own. And I'm nervous. I'm scared. Like, what is it like all the things, right? To those people, I'm curious, the ones that you've worked with, the successful women specifically, I'd love to touch on that. Like, what are they doing that is noteworthy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, so firstly, I think I'm a big believer in a lot of personal development. So coaches, mentors, reading, listening, constantly looking, being able to truly look at yourself in the mirror and go, what do I need to develop? Now, not let me beat myself up, but what do I need to develop? Um, where am I sabotaging myself? Where am I um, pulling myself down that's not going to help me achieve my goals? So personal development is critical, and that's certainly a consistent amongst all the successful people that I work with. They, they make a commitment, time and money into their personal development. So I think that that's critical. And if you don't want to do that, uh, I would probably say it's going to be very hard to succeed, especially as an entrepreneur, particularly as an entrepreneur, if, if you're not prepared to do that, because it's it's such a rocky ride and um, you, you're always learning and most days you don't know what you're doing. And so you've got to be open to, to learning. The other thing I would say is um, if we're going to talk about, say, let's talk about entrepreneurship or even just changing a job or something like that. The resilience that's required is the most important thing. So if, if you don't have resilience to be able to get back up after being knocked down, um, I just don't think someone could succeed in this type of um, career because it's 95% of the time it's being knocked, not being knocked, whether it's a client or customer being, you know, saying no, whether it's some, it's, it's, you know, it's every day business as usual is dealing with issues and 5% is the celebration and popping the champagne cork and being excited. And so you've got to, you've got to sort of thrive on that and thrive on the challenge and be able to um, get joy or satisfaction from the adversity and overcoming um, the next challenge and being able to get back up. So I think, um, you know, that's really important. The other thing that I would say about the women who are, who've been particularly successful, um, they don't spend the time worrying about what others are thinking or what others are doing. And I think this is not just women, this is across the board, but particularly I think women, we do um, tend to compare ourselves against others and we also tend to underestimate ourselves and overestimate others and um, I think spending time on what other people are doing or what other people are saying is so draining of your energy and so being able to get really clear on your vision mission and values your purpose in life who you are knowing that for me, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm on a journey. Like if I talk to you in 10 years' time on a podcast, I might say completely different things because I would have learnt different things and had different experiences. So being able to, you know, realise that every day we're on a journey or every day we're growing and evolving, but being able to cut, as I've said a few times now actually, cut out the noise and um, 
and and not worry about what anyone else is doing because to be honest no one cares no, no one nobody cares we think that they do um, and we think that when people criticize us it's about us but it's not about us it's about them and you know I know whenever I feel envious or bitchy it's my it's my problem it's got nothing to do with the other person and so the really successful people that I have worked with and I continue to work with they just don't put the energy into anything that doesn't lead to whatever they're trying to achieve and that is big for me I'm always choose your battles is this worth my energy will this energy actually help me achieve what I'm ultimately trying to 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 get to and if not it has to be it has to be removed I'd love also talk a little bit about like the aspirations of growth. I think that is something that I I hear and I've personally experienced in my business where, you know, like what's the final, what's the end game? Like what is the the journey? Um, And I don't know, a lot of us are planners and we want to want to plan. We want to like have it all sorted out or at least have like a, a framework of sorts. Um, what would you tell um, those listening who have perhaps had some success and they're just wondering, like, how do I know what my end game is? Are there things that I should be thinking about in order to plan the growth and the next step subsequently of my company? So the way I look at my life is in phases. And I know that in different phases, different things will be important to me. So when you are say, single or pre-children and all of those sorts of things, there's certain things that drive you and there's certain capabilities you have. Then you go into a phase of, say, having having babies and having little kids and your what's important to you changes again. You know, that's that's a big life-changing situation and your view of the life, view of your life changes. Next phase, whether it be you have kids that are teenagers, whether it be that you have built a business and been in it for 10 years, what, whether your relationships have changed. Throughout your life, as different things happen, different things will matter to you. And so being aware to always be thinking about, um, does this still matter to me? I know that I said five years ago when I started this that I was going to scale it and I wanted you know 300 staff and I wanted this, this, this. But actually now that I'm at this phase of my life, that's not so important to me anymore. Um, I'd actually like to be able to do spend more of my time doing philanthropic things. So I'd be happy with a smaller business so I could spend time doing that, for example. So constantly checking in and making sure that you're not pursuing a goal or a business plan that was set with good intentions but is now being run by uh, ego. And I don't mean ego is in how good am I. I'm e- ego is in, well, if I don't, if I don't make it to 300 staff, I didn't. I, I, I failed. Or um, if I don't get to a big com- become a big company, then I really won't be considered successful. Or or I said that I would, and so I better do it. Whatever those things are, always check in with your ego at any one time because different stages of your life will mean that you want different things. So that's one thing to think about. I would also spend time when you're doing your business planning thinking about. What do I really want? How do I really want to be living? Because I think that we do tend to make decisions, especially in the business world, and I see this all the time, where people are trying to achieve or have certain goals that are really just about um, 
what everyone else is saying they're trying to do or whatever everyone else is talking about. So, you know, we went through, well, we still go through a phase where everyone wants investment and that's not necessarily the right path for everybody. And it doesn't mean that if you're not getting funded that you don't have a successful business. In fact, in my view, you know, if, if, if you can bootstrop a business and make it successful, then isn't, isn't that um, more of an achievement? But it depends on the type of business you're in too. So I think you've got to think about what is it that you really, really want to, to be doing in your life. Um, and for example, so I used to say, think that, you know, I wanted lots and lots of staff and I don't like working with lots and lots of staff. I'm, I'm, I'm a really good inspirational leader, but I'm a terrible manager and I don't want a heap of people reporting to me because I can't really give them what I know that they need. And I thought that I wanted that because I thought that that was success until I realized that success is me being able to do what I'm really good at and what I really enjoy. And so um, that was no, you know, once I learned what that actually meant, I, I got rid of that plan. Um, so I think that, you know, really delving into success is based on you being ultimately happy and enjoying what you're doing. And so when you're looking at your business, think about what do you what what do you want to be doing and actually here's an interesting situation i was talking to this mentor that i talked about before this was probably i don't know 8 years ago and i was talking to him about scaling um one of my businesses and i said to him um you know i i, I have to scale this business you know i have to scale it and he, and he said to me well, okay, let's just look at what the job description is for you if you choose to scale this business as per how we're talking about it. And he sort of outlined what the job would be. And he said, would you ever apply for that job? And I said, no way. Like it's all training people and writing processes and, um, you know, getting it. That's how you scale um, with people in a consulting firm. And I was like, I would never apply for that job. And he said, you don't actually want to scale this business. Like that, you think you should and you think that that's what success is but you don't want that job. So that's not what you really want. And it was a very eye-opening conversation because I had to adjust my ego. I had to adjust all of these things to go, wow, like I was prepared to pursue a goal and a dream that I would have hated doing every single day. <laughs> that's pretty scary. Um, and I and I'm sure I wouldn't have succeeded because how do you succeed when you're doing things every day that you don't like doing? So I don't know, Jesse, I may have just babbled on a bit, but I'm hoping there's something in there that might help people in relation to the question you just asked me. No, it's like literally I've had the same exact revelation myself. Um, so I definitely resonate with what you're saying. And um, here's what resonated with me. It's it's a lot of the ego stuff. And I'll and it's like I I I hope that it's okay to admit because um I don't know. I don't I actually don't care if it's okay to admit. Like I'm just admitting it. Like I um I'm a I'm somebody who like I'm a very aspirational person. I want to achieve a lot in my life and um, if I step back and just really do some self-reflection at sometimes, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's, it's my ego coming through and like, it is what it is. I don't think it's neither good nor bad, but to your point, 
it's like, is that getting in the way of something? Um, and, and I happen to have had a very similar revelation, like had a, an agency with like all these, you know, like 12 people and we grew it and everybody wanted to grow, grow, grow. And like, it's like, if I stopped and think two things came to mind, one, I happen to be similar to you. I am a terrible manager. It's certainly not something that I enjoy. And I'm so much happier personally, um, either like outsourcing it or having somebody else manage that piece of my business. Great. And if that's the case, it's going to be really hard to scale any, you know, a whole uh, business with all these people. But then of course that leads you to think like, is that the goal? Like, is that, and, and I'm like, why? Why? Like, just asking the operative question, why am I working so hard to achieve that? My story personally is it was somebody else's goal. And it was a really difficult decision to raise my hand and say, it's not my goal. That's yours. And I, I'm not going to stand for something that I'm not for. And I'm certainly not going to put all of my energy into it. And I don't do anything that takes like 10% of my energy. Like I only do things that take like 200% of my energy and nothing less. So I love what you were saying. I happen to have had a similar experience and I think it's okay. Like, you know what I would love to see? Like, I would love to see more women admit things that you don't hear all that often. Um, I think that it's a really powerful message to have us just be a little bit more honest, (laughs) like have us be a little bit more candid. And I appreciate you saying like, my ego is getting in the way sometimes. I think that most people can relate to that in some way, shape, or form. I, I'd love to hear from you. Like, since I appreciate one of the many things I appreciate about you so much, <clears throat> you're such a straight shooter, very honest, candid. I'd love to hear like what other things have sort of gotten in the way um, professionally, personally, like in your business. Cause I, I'd love to also hear like how you worked through those moments of feeling stuck. Yeah. Um, so I'll just, I just want to make one more point about the ego. Um, we think of it as a really bad word. So we think, you know, I don't have an ego. That's a bad thing, but we all have an ego and we are very much driven by that. And so firstly, let's just own that and then be able to ask ourselves the question, is it serving me or is it not serving me? And I think a lot of the times our ego plays a part where it doesn't serve us. And just like the examples that you were giving, Jesse, so don't don't feel um, bad to say, gosh, my ego is driving me to do this right now. Like I'm literally doing this because I think people will think I'm successful, I'm whatever. That's, we all we all have that in us, but we know that at the end of the day, it's not a very authentic way to live for ourselves. And so to be able to check in with yourself and go, Uh, yes, I've just realized I've gone down my ego path as opposed to what I really want to be doing um, or what I'm really good at, etc. So these these sort of words that we feel we shouldn't associate with ourselves, like the amount of times I've had people say, well, you know, don't you feel selfish, you know, chasing your dreams when you've got kids and whatever? And it's like, you know, I'm a... um, a human being as like my own person as well as being a mother and a daughter and a friend and a boss and whatever and um people look to us 
for inspiration and guidance and whatever. And so is it selfish me choosing to be happy in my life or to try to push myself to achieve the things that I want to achieve or really have a crack at life whilst I'm here? Is that is that really selfish? Or or if I didn't do that, would that be actually a bit stupid, really? And putting other, you know, no one benefits from um, you not pursuing or being your best self. And, and I know I'm going a little bit off track, but I just want to mention something that I get asked a lot about, which is around mother guilt. And uh, I know that so many people um, are paralysed with mother guilt. And I I, ha- I just want to say about that, if, if there is anyone listening that feels that they have this mother guilt, is that you and your children don't get any anything, any value whatsoever from you feeling guilty. It adds nothing. It most likely will more. It was more likely will take away from both you and your children. So there is no benefit, value, anything in feeling guilty. Um, you make your choices, and not all of them will be right, and you learn from them. And there's lots of things I do as a mum, and I go, oh my gosh, that was bad. But you know, I apologise. I learn. I move on. There's no room for guilt. So sorry, Jesse. I went completely off off track there, but I feel like. Um, because we've been talking about women, uh, it's it's important um, thing to mention. I think it's important. I think what I'm hearing you say is like it's it's being conscious of what is driving your decisions is really yeah. important. Yes, and not judging it either. That's one yeah. thing that I'm hearing you say too, which I really appreciate. And um, I don't know, man. Like, who says our lives have to look anything like what we've even seen emulated yeah. for us? Like. I, I think that, um, I, I, you know, look, here's what resonates with me. So I have a stepdaughter, um, and she's six right now and she's like at such an impressionable age. And, um, when I think about what I want to instill in her and leave her with and inspire her with, like so much of it is like what, I did not have, right? Like we all come from different places. You talked about that. Like you didn't have a great upbringing. I didn't either. And like, it is what it is, right? Like, um, but in my instance, like it does fuel me because I have a perfect example of what not to give, (laughs) a perfect example of what not to share, what not to provide. And, um, so many of the things that you're saying, like, you know, if you like, I want to be the one who inspires, like, because telling your kids, you can even equate this to like telling your employees, like telling people what to do is in my experience, like one of the least effective ways to get people to do things. Like if somebody told you what to do, like, would you be like, all right, sure, let's go do it. You know, it's, it's this, like this idea of inspiration, this idea of, like leading by example, I think is also really important. Um, yeah, yeah I um, inspired. I agree with you. I think that um, you know the the way you live is going to have much more of an impact on those that matter to you than what you say to them. And that's really how I've chosen to live because of what I want the boys to, you know, what I want to instill in them is not so much what I say to them, but more. Um, what you know what I'm doing so that they can see what is available to them and they can see that 
things are tough and if you really want something it's really hard and you're going to have a lot of criticism and they know they know everything all the stuff um that has happened and happens and you know that they're, they're watching and seeing how i you know res respond to that and i think that um thinking about you know where what you do um and being just like not there's going to be a heap of people that don't get anything from my life and the things that I say because it doesn't resonate. And then there's going to be people that I hope will decide to chase a dream and go against what they think society's rules are because that's a lot of it. Like this is how society works and this is how we should live. And really what my message to people is that you don't have to live that way. You can live however you want, but it will be hard because people will tell you you shouldn't and um, you lose friends and you'll lose family members. I, that's all happened to me. Um, but if you truly want to be live your life, then you should do you should do that. But it's not it's much easier to to just do what everyone else is doing. And so I hope that you know people will look at my journey and go, yeah, you know what, I can do that thing that I really want to do, and just say no to my what my parents are saying or what my husband is saying or whatever. Uh, I think so here's totally. And you know, about, uh, two things. One, I love that, like, you're certainly not doing it for everybody else. Like the, the core of it is that you're just doing it for yourself and what you believe is right. If the byproduct of that is that people are inspired by it, then so be it. And that's fantastic. Um, but I also appreciate about you that you are somebody who, sure, you talk a lot about dreams. You talk about like no plan B and only a plan A and all these things, but you're also like a very practical person who is like giving people like advice, like do this, do that, think this, like you're, you're a very tactical person as well. Um, and so for anyone tuning in and they are wondering, um, you know, like how to, um, like what they could get in touch with you about in terms of like how you work with businesses, what are some of the ways in which you've historically like helped businesses succeed? Yeah. So in relation to helping businesses, you know, my consulting firm focuses specifically on staff. So how to engage and increase performance. And we have a very commercial sort of approach in the sense of, um, you know, how do we make sure that we're building sustainable businesses so that we can employ people and we can um, provide the benefits we need to, uh, but ensuring people are actually contributing and how do we make the best out of people? So if you're looking at how do I create a workplace that is effective and happy and all of those things, that's what my company does. And, and uh, you know, that that's um, absolutely can help in all of those areas. In relation to individuals, so outside of my company, um, just because I've ended up doing a lot of coaching over the years and mentoring. And predominantly, um, I work with people who are really wanting to um, make a big change in their life or achieve something big that to them is big, is scary, and perhaps they don't have a lot of support to do it, perhaps they don't have the resources to do it because pretty much everything I've done, I haven't had the support or the resources. And um, and so it, it, everything I've done has really looked quite impossible at the beginning. Um, and then, you know, the steps. And as you say, I'm very practical. At, like I have this overarching sort of 
um, way I, I theme of my life, which is no plan B and chase dreams. But what does that mean on a daily basis? And there are certain things that need to happen every day that enables me to live that life. And so for people who want to um, get that support to do something that they feel is like, I can't do this, I can't see how I can do this, then that really works. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to be able to help those people um, just think about their life differently and let go of a lot of stuff. Um, and as you said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a straight shooter in the sense of saying, you know, you don't need to, why are you worrying about that? You know, like, what, what does it matter? So I had someone the other day say to me, oh, you're living my dream life. And I'm like, well, you know, the day-to-day is, um, you know, is pretty tough. But um, she said, I really want to move overseas and, um, you know, all these things. And and I said, well, you know, why can't you do that? And she had some blocks that I could easily see that she could get around, but for her that they were serious blocks. But one of the things she said to me, which I think was really interesting, because we we can find all sorts of ways to sabotage ourselves. We can, we will have no problem finding reasons why we can't do something. Like that's the easiest thing to do. But she said to me, what if me going on this adventure to like move up overseas, what if I'm doing it for the wrong reasons? What if I'm like running away? And I said to her, what does it matter? Like what does it matter what the reason is? Because once you get there, the adventure will have, take over, it's, have its own meaning. It won't be about why you left. It'll be the fact that you had something that drove you to, to make the move. And once you got there, and so this is not just relocating, this could be changing jobs or leaving a relationship or whatever. It doesn't necessarily matter what the driver was or whether um, you were running away or whatever. Utilise whatever it is to get you off the starting block and then... The once you're going, that will have its own positive meaning to it. So these are the sorts of things that I sort of help people think just really differently about um, how to look at their life. It's not all like, oh, you can do this and it's all just about thinking positive. It's it's not. It's just like, don't worry about that. It just doesn't matter. Who cares if you're, if you're driven by your ego right now, if that's going to get you moving? Don't, who cares if what people are going to say? Um, so, yeah, that's sort of my approach um, for people who may want to talk to me about trying to to make some big change. That's such fun work. (laughs) Like, I mean, I've, I've been in it, so I'm one of the lucky people, but like, I, it's such fun work to just have like an outsider who is like so incredibly equipped to like give you that perspective to be able to challenge you in all the right ways. Like it's, it's such a fulfilling experience. It's um, yeah. So we have um, a couple questions that have actually come in um, from our members and I'd love to be able to um, ask those questions now. So um, for anyone listening to the podcast, um, if you're a member of WIM, which you can check out more on our website, imwim.com slash join, um, we invite our members all the time to join into like the live recording so that they have the opportunity um, in real time to ask questions of all of our awesome guests. So. Uh, 
Um, cannot emphasize enough how grateful I am, Sal, that you're here today um, because you've just been such a huge inspiration to me and continue to be so and help me instrumentally in everything that I do in business. So um, our members have a few questions for you. So here's um, a question that we just got in. Um, and I, I, I think this is great because you were talking about, you know, that you help with like the people side of um, people's businesses. They asked a very interesting question. What is your advice, if any, for the process of letting somebody go? That's mm -hmm. a really great question. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So the first thing to think about is, well, there's two key things to think about. One is no one has ever said, I wish I waited longer to let that person go. So take note of that, that uh, the longer you leave it, it doesn't get any better. You, you know, you, it's something you've got to do it. The other thing is, is that I would assume that you're letting them go because they're not performing or they're not happy or they're bad for the culture. Or it's, it, you know, something negative. If by not having this conversation, because ultimately we put it off because we feel uncomfortable, we feel like they're going to hate us, that we feel mean. Um, if, if you're not doing it, it's because of your fears and therefore not only are you not doing your job as a leader, um, you're, do, you're doing a disservice to the person, to your other employees and to yourself. So, yeah, it's really uncomfortable and it's awful and no one wants to do it. But you know what? That's the job. And um, by not doing it, you're actually making it about you. And it's not about you. It's about them. So they are the two things that I would say to get your head right about it to basically take the action because that's the only thing that's usually holding someone back once you know that you're doing the right thing legally and all of those things and you treat people, you know, nicely and fairly like it's awful for someone to have to be let go. Um, but you just, you need to do it sooner rather than later. I appreciate that a lot. Um, we have another question that came in. This is awesome too. This is sort of on the on the flip side of that. How do you find great new people to hire? And this is the interesting and operative part of the question, I think, and attract people to a smaller company. Yeah. Um, I, I've personally struggled with that when you have, you know, competitors out there with, you know, big companies, all these benefits, things like that. But, you know, perhaps maybe you are a smaller company. What advice would you give small businesses to attract great talent? Yeah. So, Let's just put aside the situation that we're in the market at the moment where talent is so hard to find and big companies are paying exorbitant amounts. Like that is just really challenging time. But in relation to specifically small business. So when I started my business 15 years ago and started growing up, I had nothing to offer. So every single person that came to work for, for me could have gone somewhere else and got better money, um, probably felt like they had more security, um, more clarity around their role, all of those things. So I didn't have anything that I could really compete. But so but what I did do is I utilised what I, what I did have, and that was a vision, a really clear vision of where I wanted to take the company, what I wanted to do, and how I wanted them to be a part of it. So I talk a lot about my vision, my val the values of the company um, and what we are going to achieve. Because remember now too, m much more than when I was starting out, people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And so if you can explain and sell to them the experience they're going to have, the, the, 
that they're going to be engaged in whatever your dream is, sell your dream, talk about your vision and your dream. You will be surprised by how much people are really looking for that. And I'm sure if you're a small business, you would have dreams and vision and inspiration around what you're wanting to do. So talk about that. Like that is that is the key and it's and it's worked for me consistently right through to still today. Mm, that's so good. And especially as, you know, our organization's all about influencer marketers, we talk a lot about like storytelling yeah. um, and things like that. And it's like your personal why and your dream and it's so authentic and it's the reality and it's what drives you. And so like, if that's what you've got, like go for it. But I think to your point, like it's a pretty powerful thing to talk about as well. Um, and I love that so much. Um, so our last question for today, um, and this one just came in from one of our members, what advice would you give a business owner who isn't so comfortable on social media? I think that's a great question, especially in the world of, well, if you work in influencer marketing, you must put yourself out there. And as a business owner, perhaps you need to be this public facing figure. Um, any advice to someone who's not so comfortable doing that? Yeah, I, I think with any area of life, you are going to be more successful when you play to your strengths. So I'm not a big believer in spending a lot of time developing weaknesses. I, I sort of think, well, I'm weak in these areas. I'll find people that are strong and will complement each other. I really need to just double down on my strengths. So I get that it can feel like I have to be doing this thing. I have to be on social. I have to be having um, my own podcast or whatever. But ultimately, if you don't like it and you're not good at it, you won't be consistent. And consistency is ultimately the key in business and, and really success in any area of life. It, it's, it's not even about how good you are or the effort. It's really the consistency and the ability to stick with something. And if you don't like it and you're not good at it and it makes you feel uncomfortable, I, I would be saying, what are you good at and what do you enjoy doing? Or do you, are you good at, are you good at developing and managing someone that could do that for you? But Focus that you can grow your business without without social media. Like you, you absolutely can. Double down on who you are and what your strength is. Like really think about it. Ask people that know you. Um, ask people that have mentored you or worked with you or for you um, and find out what they see as your key area of strength because you might not be as aware of it as other people and work out a way to achieve whatever your business goal is doing that. That's, that's my view. You'll be more successful doing what you're good at and what you enjoy. And talk about like the pressures of other people. I can only imagine so many folks who are small business owners or just business owners in general who work in social media just feel so much pressure. They're like, well, I work in social media. Of course I need to be on there in this public thing. I need to look like an influencer, yeah. right? And it's like, but are you an influencer? No. It's like if the answer is no. Why are you trying? Like, so I, I appreciate that answer so much. Um, so I am so grateful to have you join us today. Um, Kristen uh, in the audience just said gems, gems. <laughs> Uh, that's so cool. <laughs> um, that you're dropping. So I so appreciate our members who are, of course, tuning in live, um, asking questions um, of all the guests that we bring on and um, so good questions that came in yeah. today. Yeah, really, really good questions. So um, what I'm going to do, because I want everyone listening to reach out to you, 
follow you on social, learn more about everything that you offer in the show notes. I'm going to drop all of your information um, so people can get in touch. But before we uh, end today, is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with? Yes. I just want to say that it is your life regardless of your commitments to other people it is your life and only you live it um you only have one as you know and you are so much more capable than what you realize you have such incredible potential back yourself and know that if things don't work out you will find a way to get through it so just don't stay still don't stay still it's life's too precious to do that that's it don't stand still, everyone. Um, Sal, such such a pleasure. Thank you so much for um, tuning in, everyone. And we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating. But the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.